You are listening to the Catholic Exchange Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Catholic Exchange Podcast. This is your editor and host, Michael Litchens, here with our friend Shane Kapler. He's been a guest here on the Catholic Exchange Podcast. He's also been an author at CatholicExchange.com. Fantastic fellow, does a lot of work in evangelization, especially within the Archdiocese of St. Louis, where he coordinates RCIA. And I would have loved to have taken RCIA from this guy. It would have been a lot more fun than my RCIA, that's for sure. And today we're going to be talking about Marrying the Rosary to the Divine Mercy Chaplet. This is a fascinating new book. Shane really gets into his subjects. Has an introduction by Father Donald Calloway, a living legend. Worth your time, but Shane, welcome to the Catholic Exchange Podcast. Michael, thanks again for having me. Always a pleasure. So, let me just ask you very quickly, where did the idea of marrying the rosary to the Divine Mercy Chaplet come from? came about very coincidentally. I usually pray the rosary on my way to work in the morning, and then on my drive home, I start out those first few minutes with the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. Working in a school, I have my summers off, and one day last summer, no, I guess it was two summers ago now. I was sitting on the couch and uh, started my morning rosary. just seemed very natural to follow that first decade of the rosary with a decade from the chaplet and to, to interweave them like that throughout. Mm. One of, it was, um, it was really apparent to me after the first couple of, of, uh, mysteries that I prayed, which were the luminous that day, that the chaplet was really influencing my rosary meditation by continually going back to our Lord's Passion and then to the next luminous mystery of the Rosary, I was seeing the connection, the way that the cross was really attached to everything in the Lord's life in one way or another. And it reminded me of something I'd heard from Fulton J. Sheen years before, that the cross cast its shadow backwards over Jesus' entire life. And it's also the precondition for all of the glory, those glorious mysteries that follow. So um, this book, though, it came about because uh, about a month after I had that experience of praying, I finally sat down and wrote an article for Catholic Exchange, which you were kind enough to publish on this subject. And, yes. and from that, this book grew. <laughs> uh, for all of you who ever come to CatholicExchange.com, I know some of you only listen to the podcast, but it's funny how many books have been spun out of articles from CatholicExchange.com. I always love when I hear <laughs> that. It's like, Oh, people actually want this and need this in their life. Well, we better make it available for them. And that's what we do. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll tell you, within the first, I think, 72 hours, I realized that article had been shared on Facebook alone 13,000 times. Mm-hmm. And when I saw that, I thought, wow, Lord, I, I never dreamed this would resonate with so many people. But that, um, that got me thinking. And, uh, then another good friend in radio who, wanted to do a few shows on this subject. Her enthusiasm for it pushed me the rest of the way to put this down in book form. Oh, wonderful. And so you do different meditations. Can you tell me what those meditations look like? What particular aspects you focus on? Oh, sure. Um, what I did was, for each mystery of the rosary, there is a meditation to go along with that mystery. But then it flows right into... A, an intention that we bring from that meditation into our praying of the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. I remembered how St. Thomas Aquinas said that mercy, there are two aspects to mercy. The first is, of course, 
the forgiveness of our sins. But the second side of mercy is supplying what another is lacking. And so when we're petitioning the Father through his Son's cross for his mercy, we can also cry out to him for the graces that we need, the graces that we've just been meditating upon in the rosary. And so each meditation has a corresponding intention to bring into the chaplet with it. And that's the way the whole book flows for those 20 mysteries. Very cool. And so you go through all 20 uh, reflections. What would you say are some of the spiritual graces for Marian, the Rosary and the Divine Mercy Chaplet? Oh, well, I mean, the first one we've already talked about, the way that we begin to see the cross, how it it does cast a shadow backwards over all of the joyful mysteries, over the luminous. But also, when we go from from meditating in the rosary, and really, what are we doing in the rosary, but what the twelve apostles did for those nine days before Pentecost. Jesus sent them back to the upper room to pray in the presence of his mother. And Acts of the Apostles tells us that they were meditating upon Jesus' life in the light of Scripture. We see that in the way that Peter, he stands up among the group there, and he he says, I've been reading the Psalms, and I recognize that we need to we need to appoint someone as a successor to Judas among the twelve. And Peter quotes from the Psalms there, so he's He's been meditating upon Jesus' life in the light of Scripture, and that's leading him to recognize how he needs to take this step with the Twelve. Uh, and then we see the other fruits of that on the day of Pentecost, the way that Peter gets up and preaches, and the Holy Spirit is bringing back to his memory all these passages that he spent these last nine days, I believe, meditating upon. So, I mean, the rosary were... We're meditating upon Jesus' life with his mother, just like the apostles did. And the grace of that is a new Pentecost in our lives. Also, when we go right from a decade of rosary into one of the chaplet, we're bringing the Blessed Mother with us into praying the chaplet. And so she joins us. And I realized that I was at the foot of the cross with Mary, at Calvary, and really what we say in the chaplet, that prayer, Eternal Father, I offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son. That was the deepest prayer of Mary's heart on Good Friday, that Mm. surrendering of Jesus to the Father, making that offering in union with her Son. And so she's praying the chaplet with us. She's interceding for these graces through her crucified son, calling out to the Father for these mercies. And once I realized that, oh man, I I was just blown away at that thought. And then certain things started to piece together, like even the way we end the rosary with the Hail Holy Queen. Hail Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy. Yes. It's the, these two prayers, they really do fit together so beautifully. And it also struck me the way that In the last hundred years, God really intervened in some powerful ways to bring these 
these two devotions to the church's attention. Of course, Mary at Fatima, that we're about to celebrate the centenary. Yes. And then and then the way our Lord came to St. Faustina Kowalska and, and reveals the divine mercy and asks her to pray it. Um, you know, the divine mercy too, Michael, as I've been praying it more over the last year, it's really stood out to me how when we are drawing near to the Father through the cross of Christ and 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 we're we're saying to him, we're offering him the body, blood, soul, and divinity of his son, we're seeking to do in a spiritual way outside of Mass what we do in a sacramental way inside of Mass. Hmm. We we are uniting ourselves to the infallible intercession of Christ crucified. And that's why the Chaplet of Divine Mercy is such a beautiful, powerful devotion, um, because it's trying to tap into that same reality that we're tapping into in the Eucharist, being united to Christ's offering to the Father, and that that's where all graces, all salvation comes to us from. Certainly, and we just, of course, had the year of Divine Mercy. and that's yes. something that I think was a very good thing to focus on. Uh, something that maybe a lot of people don't hear enough of is the mercy that's available to us. That's something I think you can bring up with the Divine Mercy Chaplet. Have you found that it's helped you to increase your mercy towards others and to feel God's mercy? You know, I find it very... Um, I've always found it much easier to be merciful towards others than to be merciful toward myself. <laughs> I hear you on that, um, brother. Wow. <laughs> yeah, um, really, really struggle with that a great deal. And this year, actually, on the Feast of Divine Mercy, um, I almost chickened out of going to confession on that day, but uh, the Holy Spirit gave me the strength to stay in line. And when um, the priest who heard my confession, I'd never met him before, not sure what parish he was visiting from, but the penance he gave me was incredible. Um, he said, I want you to focus, to meditate upon Jesus' baptism in the Jordan and to hear the Father saying those words to you because you're in Christ. And he's saying to you, you are my beloved son and you I'm well pleased. And wow, um, I sat there after confession and, and really tried to enter into that and just allow myself to believe that the Father loved me, that as hard as I am on myself, and however many ways I fail in the course of a day, God really does love me. And not just love me, but he likes me. You know, it's, it's not an obligation. He, he, wants, he wants to be a yes. part of my life. Uh, and that's, wow, that's something that I think we have to be reminded of and glory be to God that he, he stoops down and does remind us of it periodically Mm. throughout our lives, because it's easy for me at least to, (coughs) to get away from that, um, to get away from that in my authority to get very, very down on myself. So that was one effect for me of divine mercy over the last year. And just very recently. That's wonderful. Uh, it's funny you mentioned that sometimes we need the grace to be reminded that God not only loves us, he likes us, and it's not an obligation. It was actually a talk I was listening from Terry Eagleton, the Marxist literary critic of all people, 
and he summed up uh, he was trying to sum up Christian theology over the years and he said I could sum up God I think the best way to sum up God loved us is that he created us and loves us does it because that's what he wants to do it's not an obligation and it clicked in my head of like oh I haven't thought about that in a while wow you're right <laughs> yeah yeah I, it seems to me that you know I'm Gosh, I just mm-hmm. turned 44, and it really, it seems though like the Lord is reminding me of some of those very first lessons that, that I learned when I was following him, that incredible love that he has for me. The way that there is no, there's no getting away from that. There's no, um, there's no higher place to go mm-hmm. than that realization that, that God is deeply, passionately, irrevocably in love with us. Um, that that's the gospel. That's the good news. Um, and so, whatever theology, I mean, whatever, uh, however we spend our time, however many books we put on our shelf, that that truth is what we have to come back to. It, it's at the very heart of everything. Yes, absolutely. And now to move on, uh, what would you give as advice to somebody who is saying to themselves, you know, I don't know that I can sit still that long to do all this. What would you say to that? <laughs> I would say don't. Um, I I don't sit still that long. Um, I uh, I find that praying the rosary while doing my mm. commute to work uh, is the best time in my life uh, to fit the rosary in. And you know, I I can hear some people saying, "But Shane, you know, you need to be free of distractions." And yes, I agree with you. Ideally, that's true. But my experience is that God meets us exactly where. We are, I mean, I tell people 50% of what I write comes to me wearing the rosary on the way to work every morning. I mean, God honors that. And um, so I would say if, you know, if you don't think you can sit still, don't. Also, I pray the rosary a great deal when I walk. Mm-hmm. Um, so get up and move around. In fact, even if I'm trying to pray the rosary at night before bed, I will have to get up and walk around the house and pray the rosary that way because otherwise I'll fall asleep. <laughs> um, and it's also okay to split up your praying of the rosary throughout the day. Um, a couple of decades here, a couple decades there. I think that's actually very cool because you know, Jesus and, and Mary – Throughout Jesus' 30 years living in Nazareth, he and Mary would have shared three times of prayer together each day. That's what all faithful Jews did. And so by breaking up our rosary and our prayer times into these smaller segments, it's really given us a chance to weave this throughout our day and um, kind of be these touchstones to continually bring us back to the Lord and to bring him into this this next segment of our day. So in praying this, do you specifically see, like, how does it work? Do you pray one, just the nitty-gritty of it, are you praying one decade of the rosary and then the Divine Mercy Chaplet, or are you intermixing them? How does it look when it's all said and done? Yeah. I'll tell you what, would it be okay if I if I shared one please. of the um, Please, of the please do. Okay. Um, let's see, so, Michael, um, let me do. Let me look at the finding in the okay. temple. Um, what I what I suggest to people is, if possible, if they can open their Bible and actually read from Luke two forty one through fifty one, just read that passage, um, because Scripture it really is um, 
because God is its author, we're never going to plumb all of its no. depths. I mean, we can read this passage over our entire lifetime, and we're always going to see something new. But if you can't read the passage, we all have the gist of the finding in the temple in our heads. And so going right into the meditation, it says, Mary's heart pulsed with joy at the sight of her son, but only after she'd searched for Jesus for three frantic, agonizing days. Any parent who's ever turned around in a store and experienced the rush of terror at not seeing his or her child Mm -hmm. can enter into Mary's pain. For her, though, it was but a foretaste of the three days when she would lose Jesus to the grave. Jesus expressed surprise that Mary and Joseph needed to search for him. Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? The Lord repeats that question to you and me. Whenever we feel lost or at a distance from God, Jesus reminds us that he is as close as the nearest parish church. And he's fully present to us there in the tabernacle. Body, blood, soul, and Mm -hmm. divinity. He awaits us as a patient lover. May we share Mary's joy at finding him there. The gospel says that Jesus went home and was obedient to Mary and Joseph. He did so ultimately ultimately, out of love for and obedience to the Father. Christ's obedience extended all the way to the cross where he subjected himself to the judgment of Pilate. Whenever we submit to the authority of those that God has placed over us in the church, the Pope and bishops, we participate in the human obedience of Christ. We manifest the submission that God the Son made to a poor carpenter and a young maiden, and even to a weak-willed pagan governor out of obedience to his father. That meditation is followed by a decade of the rosary, and I encourage readers to just use that meditation as a start for their own, to let the Holy Spirit lead them wherever he wants, as, as their mouths, as they're vocally praying the Hail Mary. Mary's the glory be in the Fatima prayer. We continue, Dear Jesus, standing with your mother at the foot of your cross and filled with your spirit, we pray, Father, give us a longing for Jesus in the Eucharist, a longing to sit in his Eucharistic presence, a longing to receive him into ourselves, and in doing so, give us the strength to fully submit ourselves to your will. And at that point, we pray a decade of the chaplet. And so that's the way... um, that's the way this flows throughout the 20 mysteries. Now, as far as the mechanics, beginning and ending, it's, it's great because the rosary and the chaplet, they both have the same introductory prayers, just in a different order. So I recommend beginning the rosary as usual with the Apostles' Creed, Our Father, and the three Hail Marys, asking the Blessed Mother to intercede for Jesus to share her heart with us, her faith, hope, and charity. And then the glory be, then we begin that first decade of the rosary. At the end, um, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, it has the triple recitation of the Trisigian, uh, the Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One, have mercy upon us and on the whole world. Praying that three times, and finally concluding our prayer with the Hail Holy Queen. So that that's it. It's, it's really a a simple way to practice these devotions. What amazes me is, like I said, the fruit that comes from it, the meditation and the way that just naturally flows into petitioning the Father for these 
these graces, these mercies through his son. It's very nice. That sounds actually pretty incredible. How's been people's response to following this devotion? I've been really excited um, hearing back from folks that um, they, they have been very touched by the meditations of which um, I'm always uh, amazed by um, that the Holy Spirit could make use of me to, to share something that catches somebody else's spirit. Um, and, and also just that, like I, they have that same realization that I do. This is such a, a simple thing to do, but it is so rich. It's so deep. Um, but I mean, given the subject matter, the life of Christ, that we're joining his mother in meditating upon that life and with his mother pleading with the father through his crucified son uh, like I said doing spiritually what we we do sacramentally in the Eucharist uh, uh, this uh, we're really <laughs> we're, we're getting at the, the heart of our faith in, in these two devotions I, I've always said that outside of the Eucharist and the liturgy of the hours the rosary brings together more elements of Jesus' human prayer than any other form of devotion. And by bringing the divine mercy into this close contact with it, this, this interweaving of these two devotions together, it really, the, there's a synergy between the mm. two. They, they feed off each other. They energize each other. That they absolutely do. I could uh, certainly see that. And now, uh, as we're just wrapping up, can you tell me just some of the things you also offer in this book? I understand you offer an audio file with people by this book? Yes, thank you. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people, when they pick up the book, they kind of skip those oh, first yes. pages where it's just uh, the introductory. But um, the second page, there's a free gift from the publisher, Enroute Books and mm -hmm. Media, um, where there's an address there, and they can download the audio file so that if they want to put this on their, their iPhone and uh, take it with them on a walk, I can pray these mysteries with you, and I share the same meditations that are in the book. In fact, you don't even need to buy the book to have these. You can just go to Enroute's website, enroutebooksandmedia.com, and download the files for free. It's a free gift from them. Um, and the other thing with the book is that Enroute really felt it was important to to bring artwork together with these mm -hmm. meditations. And so for each meditation, there is um, gorgeous full color artwork that they've included. And it really links together the meditation with that intercession that we're praying in the chaplet. There are usually two works of art for each meditation. Wonderful. So I'm very grateful to them for wanting to take on this project and the beautiful job that they did. With and it, it does indeed look very beautiful. Uh, I love art. Anyone who comes to CatholicChurch.com will figure it out very quickly that I'm all about art. So <laughs> I'm always delighted to see something like that. Oh, my you. pleasure. So Shane, just uh, to wrap us up here, where can people learn more about you and your book? If they'd like to visit explainingchristianity.com, that's my website. and They'll find information about the book. Uh, they can read Father Calloway's foreword, which... Honestly, I think is as good as anything in the book, and uh, 
um, they can see my my other writings there. All my articles with Catholic Exchange are linked to there on explainingchristianity.com. Wonderful, and we'll put everything we'll put links up on the side so anyone if you're interested in picking up this book, adding this to your devotions, enriching your prayer life, it's a great pickup, and we'll put a link up there on CatholicExchange.com when this podcast comes out. And so. Oh, it's always my pleasure. So, Shane, thank you so much for coming on the show today, and thank you for sharing us the, this book and for really taking the time to write it. I don't know where you find time to do all the things you do, but we're all blessed by it, believe me. Oh, well, glory be to God. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, and for all of you who are listening, you can go to CatholicExchange.com. We'll put up a few of Shane's articles, especially the one that encouraged this book to be written. Links to his book, his websites, he writes all over the place, and it's worth checking out. We'll also have links to his past podcasts, which are, you know, worth a listen. If you like this, please like us on Facebook. Uh, give us a like on iTunes and a review if you do like us. If you don't like us, you can email me, editor at catholicexchange.com. That's editor at catholicexchange.com. With that, God love you all. Have a wonderful week. <laughs>